Welcome, everybody, to the 1978 Lord of the Rings. If you're watching us on Patreon right now, you can see that I'm I'm mimicking Gandalf while... while I, I, I don't know why I always have to do my shoulders with that voice, <laughs> but, like, they just automatically come up. It's like, you know, I think when we both did our Gollum impressions, like, both of our shoulders went to our ears. Yeah, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, but welcome back, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. I know I enjoyed last week's episode with the surprise quiz that Jess gave both of us. Yeah, actually, our um, one of the holders of our rings for mortal men, Arsenal Roy 2K, in our Patreon, did the test and also ended up as Aowen. I that's the thing is that like I don't I don't want to besmirch like the quiz that gave us like a full episode, but I don't know. Like, I think it's like I don't know how honest people are gonna be. I think we were pretty honest. I, 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 you know, I'd like to say that I was pretty honest with myself, but I feel like nine out of ten people are gonna get Aowen. because, like, oh, <laughs> well, I was, I had two challenges, not to answer the exact same way as you, because we're very similar people. Yeah, uh, and and also like, do I am I actually this right now? You know, um, I think. I'll give Arsenal Roy 2K the uh, the the benefit of being honest. I know him to be an an honest mofo. I think I think it's a very complicated quiz to be honest to. Yeah. As well, uh, it all was up to determine like your ability to like be super honest with yourself, but also how you interpret. You and I interpreted those questions differently. Um, and the only other thing I think that was limiting about the test, besides. It being better than like a BuzzFeed, which character are you, whatever. Um, yeah. Is, there was only seven characters or eight characters to choose from. I, there's so many more nuanced characters that I would have liked to know if I was closer to this character or am I closer to Mary, but Mary wasn't an option. And so, yeah, I you know think, what I mean? I, you know, I, I want to go back to when you asked me like, uh, what is something you got different from you know really examining these movies in such a way that and it was really the characters and i think that if we hadn't done our character like our fellowship breakdown before that then i think i would have discovered like the same things we talked about frodo and right you know, yes Boromir and Faramir and even uh, Denethor, you know, stuff like that where like having like, actual pity for that guy yeah, yeah. it's like you know they Lord of the Rings, like the movies itself, like they have a task to do and, you know, they have two and a half theatrically, they have two and a half hours each time to get it done and they do it so perfectly. The world building is there. You're never confused about anything at all. Like the, the only other movie I can think that does it like that is maybe Dune to where I remember people were telling me, you're not like, th this is an impossible book to, yes. to adapt. Maybe, you know, especially now in the age of prestige TV, you know, HBO could do it. And I'd, I'd fully put my back into that. Absolutely. And, you know, they tried on the sci-fi channel to do and I hear Children it's decent. of Dune. I, yeah. I, I, I hear it's decent. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, I think, like, it's, it's so funny how you watch the David Lynch movie and it's like, oh, this is pretty much beat for beat the same as the Denis Villeneuve. And then the last... 40 minutes like okay let's go 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 uh and i'm not gonna spoil anything for part two but it's like here's everything you're gonna see in part two in like the last half hour and you can obviously see like david lynch disowns that movie and he's like that's all studio pressure and totally fair um but it's just every nuanced thing about all these like 
Middle Earth characters that kind of go into other fantasy series that have, like, they definitely are standing on the shoulders of J.R.R. Tolkien of, like, okay, you've established and have done it so well that everyone understands, you know, kingdoms and royalty and, and wizards and, and major and, yeah, yeah and elves we got and it. dragons we got it. yeah totally. but now we're going to go into like the nuances of those things what if aragorn was an a-hole what if like someone with this amount of power was joffrey baratheon like what like here's the the real thing about you know like the real gritty terrible things about you know monarchies but there's also going to be wizards and dragons and stuff like that too. Mm. So it's it's like really different angles of like the same stories we've heard before. Because like there is there was supposed you know last season aside there was supposed to be like Jon Snow was kind of supposed to be Aragorn. He was supposed to be like the the chosen one. I can't remember what what, like, what was his name. I didn't. Uh, oh, you mean the actor? No, 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 not not Kit Harington. Um, but there was like a name in Game of Thrones, like that. I didn't watch like it. A... Oh, you didn't? Okay. I, didn't, I missed. I missed the train, and I and I don't think the train's coming back. I, I will watch the House of the Dragon, though. I will. I'm watch telling that. you, Jess, it is worth it. The like <laughs> right the first... now. No, I think so. I really do. I I I know everyone will complain about the last maybe season and a half, but the first five seasons even six, are borderline perfect television. I can't lie to you. I think the only reason I would watch it is to see if Daenerys has sex with a woman. <laughs> like, I just want to watch her sleep. I want to I see the sex scenes is my point. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the only thing that would interest me. And I'm also aware that there's a lot of animal brutality, and I'm not interested in that. Um, I'm trying to think of animal like, mean, Yeah, guess. like horses. I've heard... I, I did a, 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 a parody, not a parody, that's the wrong word. One of the improv shows that we did in my studio was a Game of Thrones homage. And the director who hadn't watched Game of Thrones yet, but was brought on because she's a great improviser, yeah. and a great director, went, was so distraught by the amount of tortured animals. <laughs> so it's really just stuck. I, I'm one, you know what? Two things. One thing Alex wants me to watch is The Witcher. I, for no good reason, we'll never watch it. I don't want to watch it. It doesn't interest me. I don't know why. The Game Game of Thrones I haven't closed off to watching, but I feel like its era has passed, and thus I don't feel the burden of having to watch it. Does that make sense? It's kind of like I I do want to watch The Sopranos because I've never seen it. Ah, sure. Um, I don't know when I'm going to. But, it, but it's like, there. It's there just because yeah. I'm like, this is what started it all. I, you know, I get Sopranos clips on TikTok, you know, the same way I get, you know, House and Chicago MD, like I talked about last week. Um, but I need to watch it. And I, and I do want to. And there's, uh, what is, like, I'm, uh, but like Lost. I'm never going to watch Lost. I, or it was watch an event. the first two seasons, you know, and then yeah. never, and turn, and turn. I, I rewatch uh, Grey's Anatomy and from the beginning Every other year, you know, and, and I don't get to the end, but yeah. I love the first seven seasons, and it's nice all, to have it. In all the I know about Grey's Anatomy is that Meredith Grey walks really weird. Does she? There's well, she, like a scene what? where she walks into the chapel, and she's like walking, and she's like doing like a she like moves her shoulder. Like I don't know. It th that's the thing is that I've never watched Grey's Anatomy, so I just get these things on TikTok, and one of them is like people reenacting Meredith Grey's walk, and I'm like. I don't. I didn't know this was a thing, but I guess it is. 
I'm hearing of it and it's horrifying. Jeez. Yeah, okay, I'll have to look for it. Um, that is amazing. Uh, technically today we're supposed to talk about Ralph Bakshi's uh, animated version of The Lord of the Rings. Now, on Alex's suggestion, I listened and watched a little bit. I had it on the background mostly. Uh, Dan Olson's exhaustive history into the making of this film, which oh, okay. is very helpful, to be honest. Um now, I knew of this movie because my father loved it. And Wait, he loved it? Lo- loved it. Was the perfect age for him for this to come out. And Oh, what and, year was your dad born, do you know? Yeah, 61. Oh. He's like He was 17 the, when he watched this. He was I mean, in the sweet spot for this, dude. So, what's interesting what Dan Olsen goes into, the history of it is at this point like in the 60s, um, animation becomes really uninteresting. Disney isn't churning out movies like they yeah. normally would be because Disney's dying um, and nothing really has teeth. And then Ralph Bakshi, this insane pervert, comes from Brooklyn uh, by way of Palestine and does all these like city street movies with this hybrid of animation and film so what oh, rotoscoping yeah yes so uh and dan olson talks about two varying degrees of success essentially there's also a version <laughs> to, to put it <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> he was so generous with this review um there was also another version that was supposed to be done by united artists with the script originally having a sex scene between galadriel and frodo oh <laughs> And kissing, and this wasn't even written by Ralph Bakshi, and and Boromir and Aragorn kissing with Arwen's blood on their mouths. Okay. This was like what the script was I about. I need to see this. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't exist, but the script did. And, and Ralph Bakshi, not known for tame and f- family-friendly movies... He was like cool with with scratching this and creating a new script. Wild. You need to kind of like Heavy Traffic was one of the films that I think that was his more successful and critically acclaimed film. Okay. But then you get into cocaine fueled madness on Lord of the Rings. Okay. That really peppers the and this is the word Dan Olson uses inconsistencies you've got some things that kind of work about it and then some things that really don't work about this film and it's all because there's they're trying way too much too quickly and to varying degrees of success uh however i was texting my father last night i sent him an image of one of the screenshots i was of where i was in the film and he goes aragorn and I was like, yeah. Which, by the way, shocker that Aragorn is um, voiced by John Hurt. Complete shocker to me. You know who's? Uh, you know who Legolas is? Who? C-3PO, Anthony Daniels. No way! Yeah. That's weird! Because also, Ralph Bakshi has like a somewhat relationship, friendship with George Lucas that was then dashed when George Lucas released one of the, uh, the Star Wars three weeks after one of his theatrical release- releases and killed his movie, apparently. Oh my god! Crazy 70s things happening. Um, my father said that his ideas of the characters were painted by this movie. Okay. 
which is crazy to me because that's true for me in in Peter Jackson's. Yeah. Anyway, all of this is to say, I, early into the watch, before I watched the Dan Olsen thing after I watched the movie, early on into the watch, I was like, dang, there's a lot of Peter Jackson stuff here. And it turns out it's Peter Jackson's first introduction to Lord of the Rings, too. Is it really? Is it, yes. Is it, like, he watched the movie before he read the books and yes. stuff? That's what the uh, Amazon thing said. I just happened to pause at a particular moment. And this was Peter Jackson's introduction, so much so that he, you know, lifted actual scenes. Like, the scenes with the uh, ring wraith that is, like, looking at them and they're in the knoll of the tree. Yeah, that was uh, straight out of it. I noticed that, too. Right. Um, even Smeagol and De- Deagle getting pulled into the water like that. Certain Bilbo th- So, heavily influenced Peter Jackson. And, and it seems like this movie did well because at the time animation was really going nowhere and this bridged the gap to letting it be somewhat adult letting it be somewhat mature and and it's good and bad i think in the 70 if if you're watching this in 78 your mind gets blown i just it for me it's because i grew up with the hobbit uh the ralph bashi hobbit and the Rankin Bass Hobbit, yeah, the Rankin Bass one, and so I think that's what I expected when I watched this movie, and I mm. love the Rankin Bass Hobbit. I think it's great. Do you? That's I really, really do. I and I'm, maybe if I rewatch it now, it's probably dated. It's of course it's dated, but like you know, when you watch it and when you're five or six, I'm like, oh my gosh, talking Smaug, like this is awesome. It Bill works. So cool. It's a cat. It yeah, it totally does work. You're, yeah. you're totally right. Um, and so I was expecting that. And then like when all like the live action characters showed up, I was like, what is happening right okay, now? Okay, So let me get this straight. You had no idea what you were walking into. No, because I watched this. The first time I watched this was for the movie trivia league that I was in. Oh, uh, and it was on, it was on the list. And so I was like, oh, I'll watch this. And you know, it's. You're not studying it, like, for the plot or something like that. So I was like, okay, what do I need to know about this? Yes. It's like I need to know John Hurt and Anthony Daniels for sure because that is going to be a question. Crazy. You know, what year it came out, who directed it. And it's like, what else is different about this? And it's like like it's spe- the biggest moment for me, and we can go scene by scene if you want to. Uh, and, <laughs> I don't know if we need to, but. But it's the Balrog. Oh, that, it's, actually, it's like the biggest failure of the whole film, I think. It's. In like I don't know what they were thinking, and I know budget is a thing. I'm aware, and you know, speaking of Game of Thrones, like you watch the early early th- like season of Game of Thrones, there's like dudes in jeans in the background. No, they have like no. Oh yes, there is. <laughs> um, there's like you know, their film. I think I made like a TikTok about it. it's just like the this big showdown between Ned Stark, who's played by Sean Bean, and Jamie Lannister. It's filmed on like this little tiny courtyard that looks. You know, like out of like Xena Warrior Princess. And it's like you weren't there for those things. You were there because you were waiting for these two characters to fight because right. everything had been built up. And then, you know, like the highest rated episode of Game of Thrones, like Battle of the Bastards. And it's like, uh, I guess it's it's very well made, but it's like you're not there for the battle. You're there because of the characters and who's fighting. And so by by and that's like kind of where the the show lost me. It was like, it just became like these huge epic and spectacle. Like with these 
giant budgets and huge CGI dragons. Oh, that's and, interesting. Like, like, like going too far. It yeah, actually it's like makes I sense. was there for the Game of Thrones, like the political intrigue and you know, the backstabbing and back alley dealing and stuff. And I love a good battle. Like we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Of course, I love a good battle. Um, I I defended to a certain extent. Battle the five armies. Like who am I? Come on now. I'm I'm not sitting on any kind of high horse right now, but. It's all about the characters and stuff. And so when I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm basing this on Peter Jackson and this perfect adaptation. And then I go back and I'm just like, I love all the animated stuff. I think, one, this is your Sam. This is who you think Sam is, by the way. That I, I didn't take many notes, but I was like, this is this is Jessica Lynn Verdi's Samwise Gamgee. Oh, you dumb, dumb, dumb Sam. Oh, big dumb, dumb Sam. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Gandalf. Oh, like, oh my he's, God. they do. He's shorter than all of them. His, he's shorter. His teeth. He, uh, oh my gosh. Like, he's... He's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre family member. <laughs> the hills have Tur- eyes. Yes. Dude. Truly the hills, uh, the, the, the Hobbiton has eyes. Like <laughs> They did him so dirty. It's actually upsetting to me. It's because of, especially with how like refined like Mary and Pippin are. Like, whoa. It's okay. Okay. Okay, THX. <laughs> Man, That's remember, how they made the sound. Did you know that? That's I how didn't. they made this. They made the sound of the um the the laser the, the guns in Star Wars by hitting wires that um are on um electrical poles. Oh, okay. I So see, that was a good pull. That was a good pull. Uh but yeah, just like um man, you know, nowadays we've got Nicole Kidman, you know, uh here we are movies and all that stuff, but Kids will never know the the giant yeah. THX coming in and then like it breaking down and then the robot being like, burp, 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 clicking and then giving you the thumbs up and you're like, I'm here, baby. Uh, <laughs> for anyone under probably 30 now, go look that up on YouTube. And that was in front of every movie. Wow. And you're and like, I don't know. I still clap for Nicole Kidman. Uh, sure. I don't know if you do. Uh, I but- haven't gone to see a movie in maybe two years. Really? Yeah. Um, it is not on the top of the list of things for me to do. I've definitely fallen behind, like, you know, the Oscar nominations. Uh, we're filming this, like, a day after they came out. Um, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I haven't seen 8 out of 10 Best Picture nominations. Right. Right. I, I've seen I, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Those are my only two. <laughs> and Barbie was going to happen, but then the person who was organizing it went into early delivery. Like, there were certain things that, like... That would probably have gotten me, got me to go. I think Love. Oh God, I don't even know the name of the movie that I saw last. I know what it is. I'm just not going to get the name. Remember the Twitter um, event that happened between the two strippers that then turned into a movie. Oh, um, I know uh, Zola. Zola. It is so good, and I went to go see it in the theater, and I was not unhappy. You know, I was I did glad- like it. Because I, I was there. I was like, I was there. I remember. I remember. I, I was, I was there awake Gandalf. at three in the morning, getting <laughs> looking at the tweets. <laughs> I, I was there three thousand years ago when the courage of Zola failed. <laughs> and that's the thing. I was expecting, especially after you know, uncut gems and stuff like that. I was expecting like a Safdie Brothers type 
this is insane. Because that's how, especially when Twitter was 140 characters, you're reading one sentence at a time as this story is unfolding. And there's no threads. No, so you're exactly. wait, like you have to refresh and then readjust like what is going on. Like it's the craziest story ever. And so I think I was a little let down by like the not craziness of the movie. Oh, um, yeah, for me, it was the acting and the way they were telling the story. And actually, it was really shot from the female lens, which I thought to some extent, somehow they like they just when like this, there's when the camera's above them when they're in the bathroom and you could see the one girl's pee looks nice and clean and the other girl's pee looks like ratchet. It's that's amazing. Oh, I think it's very well acted. I love Coleman Domingo. I love the it's Taylor. It's, uh, Taylor oh, something. Mm-hmm. I can't think of her last name um, who plays uh, Zola. And then um, the the white girl is so she's so good too. And yes. even the boyfriend, the the crazy white boyfriend, is like I was like this casting is so great. It's just like they they cut some corners. Like sure. I can't say what they did because it's a PG thirteen podcast. No. and Zola is X rated, uh, or at least like the efficient. Twitter story is. the The movie's R rated. Well, but just as they like, embellish the end, you know the craziness of how the end happens is actually where they lost me because. What happened at the end didn't actually happen in the actual thread or or how it was accounted. Um, But I was like, "Mm, that's a little unrealistic, (laughs) even though the whole story seems outlandish. I I guess mean to say, like, that's the last movie I remember seeing in theaters. Yeah, I, I if you have a chance, because it's probably still there because of the nomination, but you got to go see Godzilla Minus One. Oh, I'd be down to actually. I'm telling you, it is so good. Throw out all that Godzilla vs. Kong stuff that we make here. It is such an emotional story. It has amazing characters. I cried hard. Yeah, you're a little, little sensey. Sensitive boy. I'm in touch. I am Aragorn. I'm in touch. You know who cried as well? Aragorn, when Boromir died. So you know what? Uh, just let you know, I meant that as a compliment, uh, podcast but... listeners, I am fighting against this toxic masculinity that just is throwing at me right now. This is who I have to deal with. Subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> Subscribe to the patriarchy. <laughs> I I am my own victim. I victimized exactly. myself. Exactly. It's a it's a vicious cycle. Well, so. I think I brought this up to you, speaking of Aragorn, where my father was like, Viggo Mortensen's too pretty to play Aragorn. No wonder he thinks that, because the the way they animate Aragorn in this movie, he's fugly, man. He's not even... Oh, no, he's low down and, like, he is... (laughs) He is a ranger. It made me upset, actually, honestly. He's like... He's more like Jeff Bridges or John Wayne from, um... Oh, God, I lost it. The... The... The Yuma? eye patch. Oh, what's that movie with Haley Steinfeld and um, Matt John Damon? John Wayne's in it. No, uh, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> they remade it. Oh my god, Yuma. Is it not Three Ten to Yuma or? No, no, no. That is a remake. Y- you're not wrong. Uh, Jeff Bridges. I'm just saying names now. I True Grit. It. True Grit. Oh, gotcha. He's yes. more like God. I can't believe I just blinked like that. But just like tr- he's more like that. Like he is traveled. And weathered, and he knows his stuff, and like uh, it, it. I will say, for all of the faults of this movie that I do not enjoy in the least, it does have the best line that I, uh, I, if I ever got a tattoo, it might be this. Okay, where 
it's after Gandalf dies, and Frodo's like, we have no hope without Gandalf. Like, it's like, well, we must continue on. It's like, what are we to do without hope? Well, we must forge on. If there is no hope, there's always revenge. And I'm like, Vengeance. oh my god. It's so, and honestly, Dan Olsen highlighted that exact line as something they accomplished so well in Aragorn too. Yeah, just like that is why you hired John Hurt for that. Just like that one line is so good. And you know, if you're in the, if you're a 70s kid with amazing films coming out like my dad, this there's some impressive things like that. It, it's not surprising that that line leaves an impression on you because that would, if I were to just quote that to my father right now, he would probably crumble. And he's not Honestly, a crumbler. I would love to like kidnap someone from 1978 and like they see this movie, like some 50 year old who grow up reading the books. And then you plop them down in 2001 in front of Fellowship of the Ring and just like have their brain explode in Dude. the theaters like scanners. Dude. <laughs> that would be something else. That and it's like that movie I think they they might be okay with being like what is happening? But like imagine would someone from like the 50s watch, you know like how everyone like freaked out during like the great train robbery when the train was coming at the screen or something like that? Oh, I didn't know that, but that makes so oh, much yeah, sense. Oh yeah, one of the first, like, you know, they, they filmed it straight on. Imagine like showing them like Transformers or something like that, the Dude, loudest movie ever. they may believe ever. that they have been kidnapped and yeah. are in a different landscape. I'm sure that's right. I do have a question though. Why don't any of the heroin men heroes heroes wear pants <laughs> i really no, no idea i'm really bothered i don't know why this. they made boromir a viking but <laughs> i'm not i'm not mad at it like i guess you you have to like in animation you have to establish like different characters like you can't have them look the same but i feel like his big bushy beard would have been enough but like making him a viking did you see that his like his <laughs> mustache came out of his nose <laughs> love it love it i mean the the thing about it that just doesn't work for me overall is how messy the line work is and it's because they're drawing over human animation and it's the style of the era there's similar line work um like that belongs in uh down one one hundred and one Dalmatians that they're actually kind of doing similar work to that it works. It doesn't work when you're layering it over real backgrounds or it just it just like you know Gandalf's doing too much and like it. it I don't know, man. This whole it's thing. just the it's the live action like inner like especially when they're fighting like the orcs. It just it looks so it's bad shoddily thrown together where. Yeah. I know that they were they you know I read I didn't watch what you watched but I read you know the the Wikipedia page of like the production and it's like they oh. were super rushed and it's so funny you know like this is like this the second movie it's like they just the studios never learn it's so crazy that fifty years ago they were still rushing you know products out that needed time and you know granted who knows if it. You know, there have been plenty of delayed movies and that went over budget and over schedule that flopped. But it, for this thing where it's like, oh, we just need a little bit more time for like the rotoscoping and, you know, like to, you know, trace the edges and uh, draw over it. And it's like, nah, I'm like, okay, you're going to have a bunch of dudes in pig masks and hoods uh, and, and fighting masks. Yeah. Whoa. And fighting animated characters. Like, and it's, it looks so bad. 
It's really odd, but at the same time, I think that's what makes it so memorable. I I can remember my dad watching this religiously. So did um, you see this as a kid or no? I don't think I watched the whole thing. I, uh, okay. Let's put it this way. It's boring. It is not an interesting movie. I had to pause it and come back five times. Oh, and God, it's, yes. It's and, it, and I don't think that that's because I'm a kid. an adult watching it today i think in general it didn't even keep my attention as a kid i could watch like a movie over and over again and while my there's a couple things i remember as a kid that my dad watched he watched blade runner he watched david lynch's dune and he watched this and i have those like certain frames like blazed into my head if this was on i don't think i sat there and watched it because it's not interesting at all there's the pacing is so bad yeah, and that's the thing is that, like, you know, movies are made so differently now. Like, it, even if you watch Blade Runner, like, you know, Blade Runner, that's a classic uh, neo-noir sci-fi that has influenced every science fiction movie that came after it. It is a little slow. Right. It's a slow yes. movie. And even if you, wa- you know, you see the difference where Blade Runner 2049, which is also two hours and 40 minutes, the pacing is different. It is really slow. It's but slow at the top. I mean, they give you some pretty intriguing stuff with Batista at the top. Yeah. But, but then, like, kind of getting to see Ryan Gosling's character, I'm like, I got it. He likes the fake girlfriend. You know, like, oh, move, so good. move on, though. <laughs> I got it. No, I got it. But, but yeah, and so I remember I watched Blade, like, I watched the first Blade Runner for the first time before 2049 came out. And I was like, okay, I understand why people like this, but it was slow for me. It was like, I I never like had to take a break or anything, even watching it at home. But I was like, I understand why this is loved the way it is loved. You know, I don't know what cut, there's like a million Ridley Scott cuts out there. I don't know which one I watched, probably the director's final, you know, origami cut or whatever it's called. Um, But I do like 2049 better. And so it's not even about, older films being slower this is just poorly made so that's it it, exactly because you get gratuitous scenes like frodo fighting off the nazgul at the ford where he's literally just dancing on a horse for 10 minutes and then completely rushing the end claiming that helm's deep is the the victory battle and like just not getting any chance to like literally Frodo and Sam disappear. Mary and Pippin disappear. Like the pacing goes out the window towards the end of the film. But then you have these gratuitous orc running away scenes for no reason. So that's boring. That is like, yeah, I'm not being intrigued and I'm not keeping, they're not, this is like something you talked about really well with the movies or articulated really well. We get the exciting battles and then we get the relaxed moments of the movies. Like they really kept us on an emotional journey that kept us enthralled. This didn't accomplish that whatsoever. No, not at all. Uh, in any way, you know, like I, and I do wonder, you know, it's so hard to remove yourself because we are, I don't want to say spoiled, but we're very lucky that we got the Peter Jackson adaptations when, you know, it says in like this Wikipedia where it's like Stanley Kubrick deemed these books unfilmable. And, you know, and so like so many people. Especially in that era. Yeah. And so it's just like we're so lucky that the technology was there. The studio did give it time despite, you know, certain people like trying to do this and trying to do that. Like they gave Peter Jackson – 
basically two and a half, three years to do all three movies and, you know, like let them scout. And it's so funny that like, you know, we talked about the Hobbit. It's like you have your blueprint right there that you let him scout locations, build armor, build costumes, cast yeah. correctly for years before a camera even got put on a tripod. But then they're like, oh, we need a Hobbit franchise and we need it now. It's like, what are you like? Do you see why these were granted? They made a billion dollars each. So what the heck do I know? And they don't care. They don't that, care. That's all that matters. But it's like, I forgot where my point was. But Sorry. Oh. I'm trying uh, to lift you up and I keep on. To- no, it wasn't even you. I don't even know where I was going with that. But it's just like, it's we're so lucky with that, that. Oh, that's what I was saying is that. I can't remove myself enough from what I've seen to know what your dad saw. Like, I, I, I literally cannot understand why he likes this. And I'm not, like, shaming him for anything no, like no, that. No, 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 People no. like what they like for, for, for most media. I'm, I'm fine with it. You like, you know, there are plenty of movies that I'm like, oh, man, I did not enjoy uh, The Suicide Squad. And someone's like, oh, my God, it's my favorite movie. I'm just like, I don't understand that because Jared Leto's the worst. But, hey. If you paid $15 to watch that movie and you liked it, and I, I always I used to say that in my reviews, it's like, I'm jealous. I never want to go to a movie and dislike it. Absolutely. And so, like, people that like, you know, Zack Snyder stuff or Power Rangers or, like, these big blockbusters that just don't work for me, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy the big CGI fight scenes and the laser beams and stuff like that. Sometimes it just doesn't click. But I always say that in my reviews, like, I'm jealous. This is not me judging or looking down on you. I'm jealous because I wanted to like this movie. And I wanted to like Ralph. I want to like everything Middle Earth content related. I wanted to love Rings of Power more than anybody. I was so ready for me to just like dive headfirst back into Middle Earth. And it kept, I, you know, I kept giving me the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, maybe on our rewatch, I'll like it more. I hope so. Um, but I don't. No, I truly want to like, like, just like get mind wiped, men in black, neuralizered, and watch this 1978 thing without any context. I think that's fair. Because uh, I, I was even able to watch it lovingly because of how much I knew it impacted the person that oh, helped for me sure. to love this, if that makes Absolutely. sense. Because I think you're right that culturally, leading up to the moment uh, that this debuts, it blows people's minds in 1978. Today, it's left in the dust with everything else that's able to be accomplished. We don't have the same need for cutting corners or, uh, you know, because you're right. Ex- exactly to your point, like of the Stanley Kubrick, this, it's unfilmable. The only way this is approachable is, is animated. And even then, th- they didn't get the runway they needed to create yeah. this. Um, and I would love to be like someone like Peter Jackson who didn't even know Lord of the Rings. And this is how you get introduced to it. And like, because this movie does not, this movie assumes you have some vague un- understanding of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it skates over the beginning of, you know. The, oh, and that's the, probably the worst part. <laughs> and, and that's how, and that's the thing is that when I first watched this and I see like these live action silhouettes of things, like, What's happening right now? <laughs> what? It's I, so like bad I said, that it's good almost. Almost. There are certain parts that it is so bad that it is good. Like when you see the orcs and stuff like that. I'm like, this is just, this is straight, you know, um, what's that fame? This is like John Waters, like kind sure, of stuff. Sure, totally. Um, 
It but, has. It makes me feel a little bit similarly to how uh, Yellow Submarine makes me feel. Like okay. The the but granted, those were genius animators who were proficient at their skills. Ralph Bakshi is good at like one part of animation and bad bad at the other part of it. Right, like these guys with. So Yellow Submarine took French cartoon artistry and made it into something that really works with modern rock and roll music. And it kind of blows your mind. Like, how do they even think to make a fish look like that or a, a, yeah. take a shoe to be talking? So there's it, – it, it just – it elicits a similar feeling of, like, wonder. There's a lot less artistry that goes into the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings than Yellow Submarine. That's the thing is that it, it, I can appreciate big swings. I love a yeah, big swing. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, we're, I brought up comic movies a thousand times, like Aquaman. I know we talked about Jason Momoa a lot, but like James Wan was just like, I don't know if I'm going to get to direct another movie like this. So I'm going to put every single type of movie into this movie. There's going to be a horror sequence. There's going to be a neo-noir mystery sequence. There's going to be a sci-fi action sequence. There's going to be a rom-com in here. Like everything is in this one two and a half hour movie about a guy that talks to fish. And I'm just like, you know what? I There are parts that don't work and there are parts that really work and I love a big swing. There's no big swings in this movie. It's For me, it's like he's cutting corners. It's like the it's like yeah. the opposite for me where everything is like, oh, well, what's the what's the easiest way to do this? Yeah, we can we can animate this. And it especially there's one the the prancing pony scene where you cut from hobbits dancing on a table to real life people cheering in the background and it's just like the most discerning unappeasing thing you've ever seen on screen uh, totally because totally. they're like it, they're they're blurred and they're like colored green and they're like smoky and all of them are like frowning or have masks it's like the weirdest thing and i was watching i was like this is the most unpleasant thing i've ever seen on a screen before it's like it's a fever dream and a nightmare like Oh, this is like this is like my sleep paralysis demon. Like, oh my god, a hundred percent, one yeah, hundred percent. Um, so one of the things we weren't sure about was whether there was a sequel or not. There was not a Ralph Bakshi sequel, but there is a Rankin and Bass Return of the King that sort of picks up. Oh, okay. Right. I'd so love that's to watch. What, that's what is we're that fully do next. animated, or it's is a fully that... animated TV movie? I am down to watch that. We don't need Par- to do a full episode about it, but I'm well. Down no, I to think watch we should to kind of like to kind of yeah. like uh, bookend this episode. I think the next episode we should do because um, one of the things I think we're going to accomplish this year of Podcasts of the Rings is um, rewatch all of the Rings of Power in preparation for season two to come out and invite a few guests. You guys can let us know who you'd like for us to talk to. Um, but we have a couple of guests lined up already. But I think we should do The Return of the King next to bookend because it it's um, a spiritual because uh, because at the time Rankin and Bass was also trying to make the Hobbit happen, but it a, is a spiritual a spiritual sequel. I was gonna say you sounded like um, 
Princess Bride Mawit. It's a spiritual sequel. This is the second time that's come up, and I to never- the Waken Bass <laughs> trilogy. Mawage. <laughs> I love. I uh, I have a speech impediment. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm looking at Amazon right now. It's not on there. The Rankin Bass Hobbit is on there, and the the Bakshi. Lord of the Rings, so we gotta we gotta find a way to if find it. If we this. can find it, we will watch it and we will do an episode on it. If not, then we'll move on to having um our get our friends as guests on the show. Um I think I I don't know what more there is to say about this film that we kind of already haven't said. I will say this. Um we know I'm not a huge fan of Sam. I'm I was still offended by what they did to Sam. It's insane. I, it I is, genuinely, it's un- I don't know unlikable. where they got that from, but it was like, who, like, did was your is that did your dad pat? Is this okay? This is all makes. <laughs> I piece it all together, everybody. <laughs> Jessica's Stop. father watched this movie, and he, like all other prejudice it. and hate, passed it down to his children of Samwise Gamgee. So all of your internalized hate of Sam comes from your father. This is oh my gosh. I'm I'm a ther- I'm I'm a genius. Based I'm off a genius. of all of the things I've worked through about my father in therapy, I actually can't claim that you're wrong. <laughs> this is all making sense now, guys. Holy it has moly. Sean Astin, Peter Jackson, you guys are off the hook. This is all Jess's father's fault. That's exactly right. It, um, it, it would not have mattered if like Sam literally won a Nobel Peace Prize from Aragorn at his coronation. <laughs> Jessica would have still been like, you know what? I don't know. We gave Gollum big enough. Like some. Oh my god! It all makes sense. It all makes sense. I can't believe I didn't see this sooner. I actually, go- I'm gonna have to restart therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, subscribe to the Patreon for Jess's uh, Sam directed therapy. Sean Aston will be her therapist from now on because we need to. We had a huge breakthrough here. Wow, I could cry. <laughs> I, I I really do mean this though. I I I was even appalled at the, the portrayal it's, it's awful rough dude um what's amazing to me is actually how similar um fro uh elijah wood sounds to this frodo kind of i don't know if you caught he any does. of that there's a lot he of does. similarities that i really loved um he also the animation of frodo which is also bat poop crazy um Kind of looks like Martin Freeman at times when it's when it actually looks like a person. <laughs> I don't. Know it's crazy looks- also that the movie starts with Bilbo already being gone. No, no, it does. No, no, Bilbo does the the birthday. Do, I don't. You missed it then. You I, I don't know what you watched because Bilbo puts on the ring and and they even do the proud foot joke. Do they? Did I? Yeah, miss it? you miss it because they they jump into that directly after. Oh, maybe I missed it. Okay, because it's it's almost shot for shot the scene from oh Peter from the Jackson, Peter Jackson movie in a sense. Like there's a lot of like you know him going into the house and putting the ring in the envelope, which obviously it's all lifted from the same source material, but there's similar versions. There's yeah. similar like um, beats. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I, you might not just remember it. 
It's very possible. Also, but I will say, I'm, I'm reading Wikipedia. Um, Bakshi was approached by Mick Jagger, who wanted to play Frodo, but they were already cast and recorded. David Carradine also approached Bakshi, offered to play Aragorn. Sure, he and did. And Bakshi said it was impossible to make it in live action without it being tacky. Woof. Woof. Yeah. Woof. Woof. Uh, the other thing that makes me woof is that they just straight up killed Bill. And I think that's why Peter Jackson does Wild. It. <laughs> Wild. Like, they just show him, like, going straight to the watcher in the water. Like, <laughs> it's so sad. And, and of course, you know, who says, like, oh, poor oh, Bill. Poor Bill. Like, oh, oh, my God, Bill. Sam. Like, poor Bill. Poor Bill. I, I can't even. You, guys, you don't have to rent this movie. But you just have to find a clip on YouTube of Sam, and you'll just know what we're talking about. He's done so dirty. It makes so much sense because early, like early on in our friendship, Ben, you sent me the gif of Gandalf being a dick to Sam. With, yeah, and, and I was like, "Oh, that's so mean." But if Sam looks like that and acts like that, then it makes sense that Gandalf's like, "Be gone with you." Yeah, <laughs> it's real bad. It's, it's so bad. Um. Uh, like a thing that we said, uh, the Borman script, which is I'm, it, it got thrown out, so I'm guessing that's the that's the one with the photo. That's the one. I, I, read someone find that for us, please, because oh I'd Ooh, love to just read it. <gasps> that's a good Patreon goal. Is if we get a certain amount of subscribers, we'll still do Lord of the G strings for Patreon subscribers yes. only with with our special guest Scott Rubin, but we'll do a reading. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, they threw out the Borman script, which cost three million dollars, and it said Borman was happy by the pool, screaming and laughing and drinking because he got three million dollars for his script to be thrown out. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, right? imagine that fever dream of writing a scene of Galadriel and Frodo having sex and getting paid three million dollars. That's like the erotica dream. That's Twilight. <laughs> Oh no, that's Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, it that's is. That's literally Fifty Shades of Grey. Speaking of Scott Rubin, he gets so upset about the writing quality of that book. He says he talks about how he it's like one of his things, how poorly written oh, I Fifty mean, Shades it's, is. It's literally based on I think she was a Twilight fanfic author. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh no, no, no. That's that's why I was saying that it like that's what it is. She was literally a Twilight fanfic author that, and she turned it into Fifty no Shades of Grey. Way, yes. You know what, people? If I'm going to take anything from this, follow your coke fueled dreams. Follow your sex filled. I was going to say Viagra fueled dreams. It seems like. <laughs> Just- By the way, for every Twilight is so bad that it is good. Right. Like, I love watching Twilight. It One of the un- people that I respect the most loves Twilight. I get it. It is, like, I'm down to do a Twilight I, watch along on stream because it is it. genuinely fun to watch. Fifty Shades is so bad. It is so bad. It is undescribably terrible to a point that it's not fun. It's poorly made. It's poorly written. Somehow poorly acted because I learned to love Dakota Johnson. Like I think, I think that's one. Like her oh first my god! Have you seen? Us, have you boobs. seen the trailers for Madam Web? Um, a little bit. It didn't look interesting to me. No, it's gonna be so bad. <laughs> okay, I good. Okay, I cannot thought, wait. That was my I, impression. It looks insanely bad, and I, I'm just like, I'm glad everyone's gonna get a big old, you know, Sony Studios paycheck from it. 
but it looks so crazy. I cannot wait. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be anti Hollywood. I want. Oh, she's 34 years old. I don't think that's true. Dakota. Yeah. I think so. I was gonna say it's kind of cool to give like a woman at in her 30s like a leading role like that. Um, I don't believe she's 34 though. Maybe. Okay. I'm I'm gonna walk back anything I'm saying right now. But it's it's not every day you give like a, a woman on on the older age of the ingenue spectrum a leading role in a super super film. Totally fair. That that's all I was trying to say. I just thought she was a little bit older than thirty four. But who am I to say? <laughs> we just How watched old the episode. Scarjo is Scarjo in her forties now. She's probably kissing forty right now. Okay. She's probably about to be, um, and and she that means she was probably twenty eight when she got her, f- f- you know, she's Black Widow or something like that. That's yeah, gonna be my gosh. guess. Um, we just got to the scene in House where Lisa Cuddy says, "I'm thirty eight. and I'm like, "Yeah, right, you're thirty eight. <laughs> she's a beautiful woman in her forties. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but if she's thirty eight, she's an old thirty eight. You know yeah, because I mean? like I remember her from uh, West Wing. She had a small part in West oh. Wing. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, and she's not the dean of. It was just a really weird choice to not make her forty-one. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. I, know, I, 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 don't I know. need to rewatch House. It's such a good dude. Show. We're loving it, and it's I, so good. It's it, that is what network television used to be. Is just ex- insanely watchable, insanely watchable, but like great characters. Like, just great mini stories on top of, like, an overarching season-long story. Like, oh, they don't make them like they used to. For net, like, uh, we're in the golden age of, like, prestige television for streaming services and stuff. Correct. But, like, network TV is just now. There's, like, a, it's, like, Chicago Thursdays. I think that's what they Because there's, like, PD, Fire, and 911, and uh, Lifeguard, yeah. and, yeah, whatever. Lifeguard. <laughs> Guarding the shores of Lake Michigan in Chicago. I can't even handle that. I'm going to pitch it tomorrow. Chicago Baywatch. Si- uh, and patented. they're all in parkas. Exactly. That is fantastic. I could say just because I, I genuinely feel this almost every single time we record. This is one of my favorite episodes we recorded so far. I, we're going to give it a shot and try to find the Rankin-Bass Return of the King. Um, and if not, we'll jump into interviews. Uh, let us know what you want to hear from us. You can, we can do the Rankin-Bass Hobbit, too. That's definitely on. So Alex and I have done it, but now... Oh, you guys all, have? Okay. But that being said, all of our previous episodes are only available on Patreon. So if you like want to go watch go get or it. listen to something, only 10 of our most re- recent episodes are available uh, everywhere. If you want to like listen to our backlog, you have to be on Patreon. So that does you and I could definitely do it. I think I'd rather do the Return of the King and then maybe like the so Hobbit sooner than later. I cuz I've never seen this Return of the King. Like I, and obviously it's very hard to find. Right. So I want It's got to be somewhere. It has to be. We'll figure oh, it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, anyway, 
do us the favor, get us to 10 Patreon subscribers, then we'll watch Lord of the G-Strings on our Patreon. And if we get to 15, then we'll find some semblance of the, the erotica script. And if we can't find yes. that script, then we'll just read some erotica for you guys. Because why Heck not? Yes. Let's, let's just let our Patreon be not PG, because the show technically is PG when it's available broadly. We're just, we're just naughty people really tamping it down for this show. Uh, bless you, Ben. Uh, so go to patreon.com forward slash podcast of the rings. You can follow us at pod of the rings on Twitter or Poder pod on Instagram. Um, and, and you can also follow Ben giving us great hot takes. It was because of Ben that I learned that the Barbie movie was nominated for an Academy Award, but Greta Gerwig was not. I now I'm just irrationally upset. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't – also, I just don't understand why they have 10 Best Picture nominees but not 10 Director nominees. Ah. Uh, and I understand, like, you know, it's a, it's a slippery slope, you know, snowball effect. But it's just, like, it never made sense once they started doing – I think it was, like, the Toy Story 3 year um, was uh -huh. the first year, 2009, 2010. Um Oh, is it so that they don't have the best animated anymore? But or they still do. I think they did it that year, so Toy Story three could get a best picture nominee. But it's like since then, I think only one movie. One I can't even think of the animated movie if there has been one that's been nominated for best picture since then. But Spider Verse two should have been nominated for best picture, and then Greta Gerwig like it's. I think it makes no sense because a Barbie movie in so many hands would have flopped it would have not done what it did and honestly even like not even getting into the message of the movie which is like the most basic part of the movie so many things would have gone wrong with the barbie movie in the wrong hands sure. and even when she was announced everyone was like after lady bird and little women you're gonna do barbie Okay, everyone was doubting this because of the IP, because of everything around it. And she, it was the biggest thing of the year. Like, I know. That movie will make money for hundreds of years to come, you know? And, like, they were already trying to push them to do a sequel. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, we had it's, a great idea. Yeah. We're going to wait till we have another great idea. And also wait till we get a really good deal, which I totally respect because... Again, without her and Margot, the movie isn't what it is. And Margot is such a brilliant – I mean, granted, she has the ability to be a, a brilliant producer and EP and all those things. Margot is just as involved in the making of her movies and what she chooses to work yeah. on. You know, it, it's, you just can't make the argument that, oh, well, it's because it's, you know – blockbuster and not like a serious movie then don't nominate ryan gosling it got it, also not even that it got nominated for best picture you can't say it's not an oscar movie when it's it is an oscar movie it has eight nominations so now you're just cherry picking what and honestly i do think ryan should have been nominated i do think honestly i do think i'm just ken is easily the best song of the movie like i love billy eilish i love the dua lipa song it's a banger um and the dance scene is great but I'm Just Ken is integral to the plot. No one knew it was coming. It says a lot about the character. It's hilarious. There's so much to it. So I don't think we need to take away anything that was nominated. 
I, I understand. America Ferrera, I don't understand the nomination too Sure. Much. And honestly, I don't know that I care that Margot Robbie wasn't nominated. I do care because I don't know that she did a, an Oscar-winning performance. I think she did the exact right performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do think it's, it is an obvious snub to disclude Greta Gerwig. I think Absolutely. that's where that's where the egregiousness of it comes for me. For that that's where I am too. I do think Greta is like it's like kind of 60 40 70 30 with my egregiousness for that. It's like there's no way that she shouldn't have been nominated. You can't I, I, you can't nominate your film twice and not give her best. Yeah, I th- I think that's right. It's like Little Women I can I it's a remake that's been done a thousand times. Sure. It's like yeah, sure, whatever. But it's like this one it's like no. This and you can't you can't exclude. She caused the shortage of pink. Literally. <laughs> pink paint. And like the AMC Burbank was shut down. Like it, they could not function because everyone was going to see it. This is still like post COVID where Marvel movies are not guaranteed anymore. DC right. movie, like there's no guarantee for box office anymore. And I went to. Two weeks after this movie came out, I went to a Monday three o'clock showing and it was sold out. I tried to avoid the crowds and you could not. That's crazy, like, actually. That's actually crazy. It is. It was. I know news moves a mile a minute and, you know, everything is gone within two days of it trending virally. This was such a huge event and you can't ignore that when it comes to like, I know that that's not what the Oscars are about. But if you're going to nominate for Best Picture, you obviously know that one, it's a good movie, and two, it was a cultural phenomenon. So, what caused that? Who directed this cultural phenomenon? <laughs> like, it's it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I I'm with you, and that's my that's our large point of following Ben on TikTok in order to get these hot, beautiful takes uh, at Ben Goddard on TikTok. And I think that's it for now. I think it's it for now. I'm I'm proud of you for watching this and being so gung ho, and I always appreciate your takes and for some good laughs. It was it was a if you can find this movie for free somewhere, I don't know if it's worth two hours and fifteen minutes, but it's worth some parts of this movie to just like see how insane it is. Amazing, I couldn't agree with you more. And we would love to hear what your takes are if you watched it. If you were one of the 1978 kids, yes, that watched absolutely. This. I want to hear. I genuinely want to hear if this was your first exposure to Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth. I want to hear your take. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we really actually kind of need to know what this was like for you turning on the TV mm. and what happened. So uh, get in contact with us. You can even email, you can just email us at podcast of the rings or you could uh, podcast the rings at gmail.com or you could get in touch with us the ways I listed previously. But until then, may our paths meet again. Rate us five stars on the iPad. Oh, yeah, definitely do that, please. <laughs> <laughs>